Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. That's right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Welcome back to another edition of Longhorn Blitz. Uh, I'm hosting the next few shows because our podcast partner, Jeff Howe, is on a paternity leave. He's basically yes. taking a daddy leave, as my man Matt Buller puts it. Uh, so congratulations, first of all, to Jeff Howe. Last time he was on the show, it was going to happen in the next uh, 48 hours or so. It has since happened, and everything went great, fantastic, beautiful baby girl. So congratulations to my man Jeff Howe and, of course, to him and his new family. All right, so for the next few shows, Jeff won't be joining us, of course, but, of course, it's the same thing as usual. We'll mostly hit football, uh, wall-to-wall football. But because it is one of those rare seasons where Texas baseball and Texas basketball are still going on, Matt, I do want to throw just, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes of talking Texas basketball and Texas baseball. And I know you're a big Texas baseball fan. You're always hanging out. Sometimes you're working the games, too. Um, and your thoughts on the team early on. It sounds like a plan because, yeah, Texas basketball at least – going to be a lot of discussion because of not only the bubble but then the Mobamba injury and then yeah. you're wondering about his health and we need to get a win but you need Mobamba for the tournament but Mobamba has a future so there's a Lottery. lot of stuff. Oh no man that's a deep decision. They're all stacking upon each other so that and then you don't even know what's in your control or not because you know last week when we did the show Texas I think Kim Palm had in top 40. Texas gets a big win but also has a big loss. loss. They're still top mm-hmm. 40. I see 43 I think was today when I looked at Kim Palm's rankings and the adjusted ones which mm-hmm. we were looking at last week and if you have good luck 40 to 43 that's going to be pretty safe but if you drop around 46 to 50 you could literally be out and then that's when it brings in all the chaos of all the conference tournaments and if yeah. one team upsets you now you drop one spot lower and then that we don't even know where that's going to go so that'll be a big topic and then like you said Texas baseball they at least building with Pierce you look at what taking on the Louisiana teams and get a big win at the end there and taking on Lou Law who is just Lou now and and Texas baseball <laughs> from a man from Tulane in the yeah. Lou area. The so, Raging Cajuns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. your peeps. Your I remember peeps. though, I remember we played them back in football back when I oh, believe Peanut was Tillman. Game, man. Wasn't it Pe- Peanut was, Tillman's a Peanut, fan? He, he went through. Pe- he, did yeah, you hear yeah, what happened? Yeah, I did hear. He that's a random story. Yeah, he yeah, just he's finished like a, his yeah, federal he's like training. He's a federal agent. He's fully FBI agent. It's yeah, crazy. He like, and did he's living like the life of like some tele. It's like a television drama like based a on his. Based on that. That based on that storyline alone, or just yeah. kind of based on that plot. 
an ex-NFL uh, all-pro cornerback turned federal agent. That right there is like a C- well, you know, that's a CBS drama right there. Really. No, he could literally you know make, I mean? like you can make a, a You're making a sitcom, whatever right. you want to make. You look at the guy, uh, it yeah. was, I think he had Harker Heights. I think he was a Fort Hood family, so a military yeah. family. So, no, of course, crazy. he's disciplined. He loves to no, get in then straight to being a Fed. I was like, God, yeah. that dude's hardcore. And his nickname's Peanut. Yeah. First Peanut. ever Peanut as a federal agent, I bet. I was a DB watching him, uh, and I remember him being highly touted. So, I remember watching him and thinking, yeah, he's a damn good player. That, and I played he with him. He was scored. actually my teammate when I was with the Bears oh, wow. uh, up there for a little while too. So, and Peanut Tillman is a good people. Um, and I don't call him Peanut Tillman. Like, we know each other that well. But, yeah, I think everybody hey, you played him. on his team. Everybody you know him a lot better than everybody Tillman. else that calls him Peanut. Uh, but, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Anyway, Raging Cage, random uh, right. random sidebar there. Let's, Jeff's not here to corral us. Yeah, so we'll get back. All right, so real quick, since we're talking, and we'll get to football here in a second, I'll give you the rundown. I haven't even actually intro us, uh, but no need really for it. Jeff House <laughs> not here, of course. Uh, but I am Rod Babers, Lifetime Longhorn, and my man Matt Butler uh, as well. He is the master of the soundboard he is the uh, best damn producer that i've ever known period and i've known a lot of them in my time in radio thank you uh so we're blessed to have him here on the on the on the longhorn bliss podcast all right so let's finish up our discussion about basketball and baseball really quickly and then we'll move on to football and i'll give you guys the rundown i got a ton of things that i want to hit uh number one texas basketball we haven't talked a lot about it but it's worth discussing it's the biggest sports story in the country and the in texas basketball has thus Mm -hmm. been affected by it as well uh eric davis jr has i don't know what the situation is he has just been advised to seek counsel and he is not playing currently with the longhorns because he was named in the fbi probe the yahoo report that he was on a spreadsheet there's yeah there are names of players who allegedly may have taken money from agents or at least one agency it's just one agency someone tied to it a runner whatever all right he was named in that 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 probe and he as a result (laughs) i love that phrase he was named in that probe yeah i mean i don't know what way to put it you know what i mean like he was the, the FBI investigation, peanut. he was named it. <laughs> yeah, right? Peanut up Put Peanut on it. Put Peanut on it. <laughs> Fully enforcement. That's great. Uh, but, okay, so because of that, uh, he is not playing with the Longhorns. But I think it's worth discussing the overall magnitude of the story. And now you actually may be getting some change from the NCAA in regards to how they treat amateurism which is essentially a fraud. Everybody knows amateurism is a fraud. Even look up Walter Byers. I won't go on a Walter Byers rant, but Google Walter Byers, who was basically one of the founding fathers of the NCAA and wrote a book uh, called, I believe he's called Unsportsmanlike Conduct or yes, something like that. Yes, you are correct. That he, he basically, in later in his life, he felt so damn bad about <laughs> um, amateurism and how, uh, how much of a fraud it was and how corrupt it was that he decided to turn on amateurism. He turned on the NCAA and outed them and said, it's corrupt, it was founded in corruption, we made up all that stuff so we wouldn't be liable and we could have you know tax benefits and we could have protection. It was, it yeah. was small time and we were doing some fudging of the books. He it said was like that, yeah. stuff. And then it exactly blew up it into was. a multi-billion-dollar industry. So. He was like, "Oh, who knew it was going to become a multi-billion-dollar oh, yeah, industry?" And he probably yeah. didn't necessarily know. Either, Maybe he didn't like, know, yep. but 
And you should have known that I'm taking advantage of young people. Either way. You opened the Pandora's box. Yes. It's like the shoe contract. I was talking to hell on my with the Uber exactly driver right. about this. Like, whenever you weren't going to pay players. You knew you couldn't pay players in you the 70s. So what do you do? Okay, well, we can go pay Bayheim and pay all these coaches. And then it's like, okay, so you don't know that that's going to possibly open a Pandora's box. That now you have all the, the workforce not getting paid. These people getting paid. And you're going to bring Million. the money around. You see Millions. Their, and then they see the tangible yeah. effects that – the brand explodes the second the coaches you get that free brand in that marketing walking around it's cool gets into pop culture it's big time then you aren't going to think that okay the next step for those people in those offices not involved with the ncaa oh we can profit if we get those kids straight to where and that that would never happen it's just yeah. it's a farce it's bull um uh since we're talking about it uh unsportsmanlike conduct exploiting college athletes walter byers First executive director of the NCAA, basically one who founded the, the modern NCAA tournament mm-hmm. system and everything. Um, he basically said the term student athlete is it was it was invented in order to insulate colleges from having to pay long term disability payments to players. Uh, if they were injured while playing their sport. He said that in his book, by the way, he said that they should free the athletes and enact a comprehensive athletes bill of rights. Um, he said basically the federal government needs to get involved because he says this is not a suggestion for new government controls. On the contrary, it's an argument that the federal government should require deregulation of this monopoly business operated by not-for-profit institutions contracted together to achieve financial returns, maximum financial returns. So it was founded in corruption, and we all know this. So, But this is now bringing it to light. And... The difference is, you know, it's, it's weird. I, I don't know if the players are going to do anything. They, they're, they're actually, I think Jalen Rose and Jason Williams said the players should boycott. And I know it won't happen, yeah. of course. Um, but if the NCAA doesn't, like, move, um, and they move incrementally, if they don't make a seismic shift in the way they view amateurism, then I think the players should boycott. Now, I'm not yeah. saying the players need to get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars I'm not in that boat. I don't know if you can make it work. Title IX, a lot of different things. But I think everybody agrees they should be getting more at this point. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, and Mark Emmert says they're going to do something. He says, no, 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 we got a committee. Condoleezza Rice is leading the committee. They're actually uh, enacting a plan to try to figure out how to solve this problem because it's so well. This was one agency, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just one. One agency one sports dealing agency. with one shoe company. Not <laughs> even. <yeah>. <laughs> not even. And it's not even a big one. Apparently. And it was it's a rogue dude. Like, I mean, it's that global marketing guy of Adidas was really the big one. And then a couple coaches. <laughs> but it all just comes down to the way you said that these laws or these words were cleverly written initially. That's how these interactions between these people are. Mm-hmm. And that's how the worldwide. West has come about in those because if you can detach yourself from one and then you don't have something to connect you straight to Mm. it then you can actually have that I I don't want to say Mark Cuban knew everything was going on but you didn't have that direct link so you couldn't act upon it yet and there's always these type of ideas that you have to have that direct link and if you can detach yourself one link away then you don't have to worry about it so that's where you look at when the issue but if you're going to, to resolve the issue like you're saying there's a varying of degrees between nothing and six figures. And like you're saying, yeah, it's good yeah, to hear yeah. that they're talking about figuring this out between them. Jalen Rose is a great person to be on the forefront to talk about it. Because, like, yeah, go look at my banners. They are vacated. He knows Not all even about something it. From, and even on top of that, like when you look at somebody like Jalen 
and being you you say the boycott won't work now but the second you said that and I agree it won't work now but the second you said it it reminded me of what my cousin did and some of my friends in like 2005 when they or 2006 I think boycotted the BCS and it was the whole idea to start the movement to say we aren't happy we're the people we're gonna do this and there was a boycott the BCS group I remember a group of friends didn't watch it for one year they didn't stand by it it's hard to do it but the idea that when you see this with the boycott idea exactly at least you can get some type of action to at least it's saying listen to us and now they're listening so that's good with the NCAA we know the NCAA is a joke no question about it they probably need to be abolished too I don't know if there's a better idea though about a governing body and if you want to come up with a college football commissioner or like maybe talking about college basketball now yeah uh, and by the way if you don't think college football is just as corrupt oh, yeah. you're crazy yeah if not worse probably i don't know because they're trust me the the shoe company they just take it take the corruption takes on a different form the shoe companies they sponsor all these seven on seven leagues yeah. so you get the willie lyles of the world mm-hmm. and this aau kind of culture yeah. of seven on seven and we're going to this nike camp over here and this is this yeah. uh high high uh high speed camp over here and all these different camps the truth is they're being sponsored by shoe companies mm-hmm. and they are these people who kind of walk between the range drops yes and Connect they, the dots. they make the they they, they make these connections with these pe- with these young people and they're trying to influence them one way or the other yeah and we don't know who they're accountable but to prove but that's, it yeah that's the shadowy <laughs> world you're trying to navigate that's why the one yeah. guy with the spreadsheet exactly. screwed it all up like you know like that's the one thing like where you listen to the old mobster i was watching good yeah. fellas the other don't day write it down. there was a guy don't that write it down. Polly didn't even have a phone in his house because <laughs> Polly did there's all these people that walked around just taking phone his phone call for him and that's the same thing you're talking about when you're talking about these type of interactions and yeah now you're just gonna have more and more when you have this information sharing era and then i mean when you get the feds on you barry bonds is the only person in the world i've ever heard of that's got out of a federal case and not went to jail and that's because his best friend went for him and didn't write like if they're coming down on you they have evidence and you talk about i loved reading the sentence that like over thousands of hours of wiretaps just on the phone there in Arizona. They were in one conversation. They find a 100G one. And I was like, God, how many conversations are recorded? Because they have thousands of hours of just his school. Think of all these schools and pouring through all of this. You, so there's going to be a lot of more stuff to you, come out of it. You watch college basketball. How good is DeAndre Ayton? He's really mini good? Joel Embiid. Like he's, so he's going to be a, a lot of He's above okay. Trey Young. In I was my just wondering because the, 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 the figure that's been associated with him is a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I don't know. What's the has there been a figure associated with Eric Davis Jr.? Oh, fifteen hundred. Oh, yeah, it's one. Well, and, and, ah, and, and it wasn't even uh, a figure. And that's where uh, like the spreadsheet uh, thing. Some things came down as small as it's the I think the Kevin. Oh Knox yeah, like kid. Forty for bucks for his parents' dinner. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It, and it's all just it's varying, varying with that. Of same them guy. just trying to influence. Yeah. They're just trying to. Hey, what do you need? Well, what do you, I'll do that. It, yeah, exactly. It's almost like his log. It's, what yeah. have you been doing? Well, man, yeah. I, I took them out to dinner, just trying to get everybody. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, but but you made a good point about we we're talking about the boycott to circle it back, and then yeah. we'll end this discussion and start talking football. But to me, it it the boycott actually would work. Because you don't need every team to boycott. I'll give you an example. Yeah, with the tournament? Yeah, right. Okay, Shabazz Napier, right? A couple of years ago, uh-huh. UConn's in the title game against Kentucky. Yeah. Before the game, right? Like two days before the game, mm-hmm. he says, basically, I go to bed hungry at night. So yeah. Go look up the quote. Exactly. I'm paraphrasing. And I want to say within months of that, mm-hmm. it became such a big headline. Like, 
whoa, this guy playing national title game. He's going to bed hungry. And it was a, a, a statement like, hey, man, sometimes I go to bed and I, I'm hungry as hell. I, I've had that in Jester when I was living there. Like, mm-hmm. I was hungry. I dinner, dining hall dinner. chicken fried yeah, steaks in your six, dorm. Yeah, I would go steal chicken fried steaks. I'm sure that's an NCAA violation. But I would <laughs> take it in Tupperware up to my dorm and have track girls up there and we would eat uh, chicken fried steak together. It would be funny if they day. retroactively, like, go and give you a little. Right? They might. I would guess. Um, but I think but now they have unlimited snacks. So yes. you know what I mean? My point is that's when they got unlimited snacks. Yeah. They humiliated and shamed the NCAA into mm-hmm. it because people didn't know that. Yeah. And the same thing can be and said of the that's a big issue in a lot na- of world. People yeah. just don't know that it's it, not like the that. Same thing can be said of the National Labor Relations Board when uh Northwestern tried to unionize, right? And they denied they were employees so they couldn't unionize. But the facts that were brought out because of that move that's where they got the stipends. Mm-hmm. Remember the cost of attendance stipends? Now they're getting paid more money? That was because of that. They were like, man, these guys are working a lot. Why don't they get paid more? And it's like, well, we should pay them more. Yeah. You got to shame and humiliate the NCAA into yeah. changing. Otherwise, they'll never change. And that's part of this process. You got to shame and humiliate the NCAA into taking amateurism seriously in terms of changing or just abolishing the term, period. Well, and if players don't think they have power, remember Missouri. And I always thought this. Missouri's football mm-hmm. team, there was a protest on campus for months uh, about racial injustice. I won't get into that. But the protest, they wanted the chancellor and the president of the university to resign. And they, the president and chancellor were like, hell no, we're not resigning. Y'all can protest all y'all want. So you got all these black folks out there protesting. Black Lives Matter. Remember Ferguson and, you know, right there, all that right there, okay? And the football players on February 8th, Join no no sorry November eighth mm-hmm. join the protest and they pro they they were actually threatened to boycott a game yeah no within it it wasn't until the football team did that that yeah. any action it wasn't even really within twenty four hours mm-hmm. the chancellor and the president resigned CBS money because they were gonna miss out on like two million dollars and they were like oh that's an easy decision SEC done own the same network that owns easy. the SEC owns the uh, NCAA tournament done. so that's really good to line you know up what right I mean? there like they, you have power they just don't realize it you well, know yeah. my point yeah you know I mean okay, and that's anyway. a big part well I mean the issue that you have across the board is that idea that you don't even know the problem is as bad as it is until it's opened up to you and then. Mm. It might be too late to fix at that point, and it's like something I've heard a lot because the one-and-done rule's really been big and coming back. Even though it was just enacted for Kevin Durant's freshman year, like we're talking just 11 years ago. It's not that long ago that kids could leave. That 05 high school class could leave early and go, though. 6-1 had to come back. And I heard the president of the Players Association in the NFL today or in the NBA today talking, and it was – basically saying that, you know, we aren't associated with the G League, but, you know, there needs to be some other type of workforce other than right now the best place if you don't want to go to college or if you're done with college, there's nowhere in America you really can play basketball. Like the elite of the overseas play in the NBA, but that's a tiny amount of numbers. So we're letting this workforce go out of the country, and it really doesn't make any sense when you look at college basketball and the numbers that are there, and you think about the money marking opportunities. Now, basketball isn't on the level of, say, the NFL that can maybe have an XFL try to come up against it, but this is already admitting, no, we're inferior. We just need something to be that process. 
this. So if they think are thinking about that, talking about that now, I think that might be what's spawning a lot of this pay talk too from the NCAA and listening, being like, oh, wow, they started to steer all these players here. We got the profits in the tournament for a decade, and we really never really thought that they'd be taken away. We just got it and then possibly take it away. That means you need to enact change and pay these guys now yeah. or – they might take it away, and then where's college basketball if you aren't getting those guys? Yeah, the NBA's ridiculous. They need to just – the G League, I believe you can be 18 and play in the G League, True, right? but uh, the main thing is is they it isn't uh, the – the you can't make a good living playing well, G I know, League so wages. They need to just so change it where it's a true minor league where you can sign guys to big two-way contracts. And that was what she was on. And then just let, let them have the option to go straight to the G League. Can't go to the NBA, but you can go straight to the G League, earn your way like a baseball player's got to earn And that's what way. they were hoping. You know I mean? That's what Michelle Roberts was saying that she would yeah. like to see in America. It's just that it's not – a union, it's not even attached to and that's the, the players' fault. association. Yeah, exactly. that's the NBA's fault. That's but on the NBA. That's because yeah. they gave the power to the colleges by basically making a rule. This isn't an NCAA rule. It's an NBA rule. That's the one confusing part about this that people this don't realize. It's yeah. not an NCAA rule. It's an NBA rule. So they own the power in the one-and-done aspect, which ultimately, I think, owns all the power of college because college, they're only going to get what's handed to them. Right now, the hand, NBA is handing to them for a decade yeah. and gave them free superstars. Just for one And they year. almost screwed it up enough because they want to keep it all for themselves again. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going deep down the rabbit hole. Going back to Texas basketball before we move mm. on to Texas football. Uh, Joe Lenardi threw a great stat out there. So if the Longhorns lose to uh, West Virginia this weekend, I believe that puts them four games below 500 in the conference. Yeah. He says since 1985, once. when they've expanded the tournament, yeah, only once has a team that's four games below 500 in their con- in conference play actually made the tournament. So, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be tough. It ain't looking good. It ain't. No. They gotta win that game, and we can't count on anything from the Big 12 tournament. Yeah. yeah, and you look at right now, just to say what they call the quadrant wins, and you look at their resumes. And Texas, of all the teams, if you look at say the eight in and eight out, you could say it has as good of a resume as enemy. There's a couple more teams with five top 30 type wins but you don't want to put it into the hands of the committee especially if say Bamba isn't healthy or there's a fear that he won't be so it's it's up for the grabs but Texas can win just at home against West Virginia should be able to do enough unless it just looks horrible at the Big 12 tourney but you could say if they lose this game you almost have no shot to make the tourney unless you win Probably a couple. So, so games, you gotta make a two, run in the like tournament. Win, win two games in the yeah. tournament. And but or you could just win home. this home game here and then you win with finish with three of five and that'd be pretty good. All right. Uh I wanna hit we got we'll be quick about it too, because um, there's not a ton of talking when it comes to Texas football, but I wanna hit the, the Garrett Gray situation, uh tight end Garrett Gray Garrett Gray uh leaving the program. We'll get into uh the uh, there's one situation I want to get into about the we'll talk A and M and the Tim Brewster thing, of course. And more brew. And more brew. Our and, boy uh, C B. And also no and, and more listen, A and M did something. They called their shot. So we gotta get into that too. Oh, we'll get I into it when we talk yeah, when we talk about Coach Brew. Um also I want to get talk about the combine experience and the players um from Texas who are coming up or participating in the combine and uh, what people are saying about them, where they're going to be drafted, and how much they can really improve or really hurt their draft stock because of this combine process. All right, so we'll get into all of those subjects. Let's start, though. Let's start with the Aggies. Yes. I hate to start a Longhorn Blitz podcast with Aggie talk, but it's worth it because I talk about the Texas Cold War all the time. Mm-hmm. Texas and Texas a and can't play one another in football, but they still have to compete 
with one another and the competition is becoming fierce <laughs> it is as it has heated as it's ever been they got themselves Sounds a like national an angry Aggie. right well, so they got a national championship coach over there they're laying down playing big money like they're a blue blood they got a former recruiting ace from texas over there they in in aggie land they believe they're doing big things they're they're walking and talking and spending like a blue blood they just ain't one yet well they want to be really really bad all right, and Texas is going through their reinvention with Tom Herman, and I think Herman versus Fisher in the state of Texas, that's going to be a hell of a <laughs> recruiting battle for the next four or five years. It sounds like a Supreme Court case. Oh, man, it's going to be great. <laughs> Herman versus, yeah. No, right. like, the way you just put that out <laughs> there. Oh, I mean, at first it sounded just like a perfect definition oh, of an Aggie, just wanting to be a blue blood. It was like, okay, they we, can't be. Be, we can't be Texas. All right, we'll go to the SEC, and we'll want to be just any big one. And then, yes, Herman v. Fisher, it sounds just yeah. like a court case. And, and the thing about the Aggies, and we'll get into this more, I know they they have everything it takes to be a blue blood. Yes, that's what haunts them. Except for maybe the mentality. It's all but about that's the a culture the, thing. They're that's, aspiring. They're aspiring. They they got everything it takes. Like they're really everybody agrees that there's no excuse. I've heard mm-hmm. national pundits say say there's no excuse for A and M not to be a blue blood. Like they got everything it takes. We'll get into that later too. Um, okay, so uh, John Sharp, the A and M chancellor, he was. I guess they were having this ceremony. I don't ex- ex- exactly know what the ceremony oh, was I about. Oh, I saw the video. Yeah, and there's a video of him, and they're having this, I guess this, this it's not a real ceremony. I'm assuming that it was a joke, kind of an inside joke between like them. The rich buddies booster Yeah, in the room. that kind of thing in the room, and everybody would get and laugh. Picture and Mac and DeLoss, uh, yeah. Bill Duvall it was, in the It was like a little skit they were working out Admiral or something. McGraven in well, the corner. Well, apparently the video hit the internet and went viral of John Sharp, the NM chancellor, presenting a national champion, okay, an NCAA Division one football national championship trophy which doesn't exist to him, but... which actually doesn't exist <laughs> so the, the date on it was blank it just says 20 blank for the year mm. and yes you are right matt it is the ncaa division <laughs> one football national championship trophy doesn't exist on the fbs level the only national title the ncaa awards for football is the division one level is the FCS trophy. I was only oh. left, and what was so Come funny on. is I only knew that they presented him with a blank, you know, basically fill in the blank when you're going to win it. Oh, oh, that's good. That's very aggy. The fact that they pr- don't even know what they're trying to get or don't, it just sounds like old man aggy. Like there's nothing more than that, you know? The jokes do write themselves. You got it. Yes. Even Aggies, you got it. And I love the Aggies. I am not the lone one that just hates on Aggies because I was almost an Aggie. But come on, man! One of the guys recruit. Uh, but that's it was so be- aggy. That's so perfect. Keep so doing aggy. those things. Just, just keep oh, being yourself, A and M, and I'll love you. I, I wonder love if that A&M. was Tim Brewster's idea. I wonder if Brew was behind that or something. I don't know. It just considering what's been going on with Brew, I just wonder if like Brew was behind it. But I will say this, because um, like I said, I'm not an Aggie hater. I when they went to the uh, SEC, I praised it. I said it was the best move that they've ever made for their sports programs and turns out they've been actually killing it uh if you just look at the overall uh sports program since then they're doing really really well they're making a lot of money and they're making a lot of headlines and i said that's the whole point of it they're doing Um, a lot better than they ever did here the johnny exactly the johnny manziel in their history i'm a big fan of johnny manziel who's trying to make a comeback by the way maybe we'll get to that and I even the Jimbo Fisher thing. I said it was not a home run hire; it was a grand slam. They knocked yeah. it out. Of the I couldn't believe park. it happened. Like at first, exactly. I was like, "Wait, so you're saying somebody that has no roots there? Yep, they're going to give him seventy five million? I was like, "Until like I have any int- to peek to see that Fisher wants to go, it's like boom, done." 
so that quick. Yeah, exactly. So I listen. I think the Aggies are like I said. They are right now spending money like they want to be a blue blood, and they're doing all the right things. Uh, but this is this is my this is my my take on it. And I know I, I agree that was silly. I don't know why they did that. And like I said, maybe it was a joke that we shouldn't have been in on, and they let it they let it get. But that's when you online. are old guys doing what you've always done, and there's a kid with a t- yeah. phone in the corner, just one media member, <laughs> just with the phone, and it captures it for everybody. Exactly. But <laughs> this is this is bad for Jimbo Fisher because you know I, I've His been in a lot of relationships, sort of- and I said this is right now Aggie football reminds me of a girl I dated. Or, you know what, numerous girls I dated, that on, like, date two or three, she's already making references to where we're going to get married and how the wedding's going to go and what the kids are going to be named. You're meeting the parents at, like, date five when you go over to pick her up. You're like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, y'all were moving way too fast, man. You got Nick Saban in the same division you know what i mean like so i'm just saying the expectations sometimes they often for me have killed relationships because those pre-existing expectations like oh we're gonna get this and it's gonna happen I was like whoa you, we need to back, just off. back off and take it day to day let's work on you and me communication trust all those things before we start thinking about national championship process not results yeah you know what i mean <laughs> focus on the that's exactly right process not results let's, i couldn't have put it better myself yeah, so you're. That's kind of my thing. I, I think they're setting themselves up for failure with Jimbo. Yeah. Because now, what are the expectations? You're giving them a national championship trophy. Well, and then <laughs> that's whenever you know. Yeah. Then the the and that, like you said, one, the boosters and the donors are in that room, not the fans, and yeah. they're the ones who apply the real pressure. Yeah, and when I mean, you're sitting there because you're like, oh, she's gonna love this, or Jimbo's gonna love this. I love you, and then it's sort of like the Costanza. He's like, right? oh, I love you back. And then where are you in that relationship going forward? Like. Man. Jimbo's like, okay, they told me these Aggies are crazy, right? but are they damn crazy? Are they like, crazy? All right, but I know we're going to work on this and we're going to be together, but then he's like, wait, wait, so you don't love me? He's like, no, no, I didn't say that. No, it's just I'm not at the, we aren't at the pinnacle yet. Man. We yeah. got to do some work. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of my take on it. I know there's also the Tim Brewster story where. He tweeted out the picture of the, you know, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, J- yes. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey awesome. basically went after Brew on Twitter. Oh, let me make sure no, I get and, the- and his was just like, love you, Brew. You know, he no, did. I love you, Brew. It was. But uh, do not use basic, that guy yeah. who didn't teach me one piece of technique and th- at that school to sell A&M. It was like, you're basically selling Ramsey and my DB skills. That's the head coach that never taught me a thing at A&M. Yeah, Ramsey puts him in his place. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the actual tweet from Ramsey. He says, um, and, and this is after Tim Brewster tweets out the picture saying Fisher's DBs, um, Fisher's Xavier defensive backs. He puts all out all these, yeah, uh, Jalen the Ramsey's State on guys. there. All those Florida State guys. I think there were one like Wake Forest guy on there or something. I, but anyway, uh, and he put out like the amount of average salary they had and how many starts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Jalen Ramsey tweets back, he didn't teach me not one DB technique, dot, dot, dot. Then he replies to Coach Brew, no, I have nothing but respect for you, Coach Brew, but don't use me on a poster for a school I didn't go to for a coach who didn't teach me how to be a DB. <laughs> yeah. And only uh, facts, nothing insulting. Just you know what I mean? And about- I think Brew actually did respond to him. It was like nothing but love for you, Jalen. Goes back to the point I He's made like, about you Brew. You know me, I'm Brew. Yeah, so we initially talked about it. It that's Brew. Everybody know Brew. It's like Brew. I got I, I got number love for Brew, but that's that's Brew. Like he doesn't. He has no shame. He does not care. Right now, he's got more Twitter followers than he's ever had. People in the country know who Coach 
Tim Brewster is. That he's like, and then you start you start looking up, you know, what has he done? What has he accomplished? That's all he cares about. He could care less about some people mocking him and saying and laughing at him. He doesn't give a damn about that. He's LeVar balling everybody. That 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 tweet about nobody's ever talked about Jimbo Fisher's defensive backs. No. His quarterbacks are what you talk about. Yeah. The reason he brought up defensive backs is because everybody's talking about Texas's 2018 defensive back haul. Yeah. So he's like, I gotta do something to counter I that, know, man. Jalen. Let me throw he throws that out there. Now people are talking about him. So he's just trying to distract from people talking about Texas. Yes. And and, and, and stay in the headlines as much as Texas is. And I know sometimes he's got to do it with things that people think, oh man, he should be ashamed of that. Or he should, you know, he's embarrassing the program. Not that's not how Brew thinks. Brew's like, no, we're relevance is what matters to him. Yes, and then on the personal level, I've it's almost a phenomenon. I've enjoyed seeing that basically just social media space can be the accelerant to hell out of this because yeah. it's hilarious seeing people yelling and scoring like you're dumb, you don't know this, you don't and thinking that it is an insult to Brew or to Lavar Ball or say even to our president. It's exactly like right. actually no, that is fuel to their fire. It's a very odd thing, but yeah. what you think is going to actually diffuse them is only going to make them bigger, more exactly. powerful, and even louder, and they're getting more results. Yeah. So what you hate in him and you sharing that with him is actually causing him to be more successful exactly and you right. to hate him more. So it is this exponential growth that yeah. just keeps on going and getting, getting louder and it keeps your, fueling. Your, hate, your, your hatred of them uh, and it almost fuels them. Yes. No, you're right. That's why I said it's a, it's a different area. But, it's, like the Car- it's, it's a Kardashian piece, so effect. It takes a person to be ragging them and to what, think that they're impacting them yeah, for him to but, be but like But what yeah. we don't realize is we're also in a bubble. Yeah. So everybody around us is like, ah, laughing at Brew and talking uh, you know, crap about Brew. But not everybody is in this bubble. Yeah. There are people outside this bubble that agree with President Trump. Yep. And there are people outside of the bubble that agree with Tim Brewster, even though in your bubble, it's like, nah. like, remember, President Trump, he'll never get elected. He's crazy. Saying that wild, crazy stuff, man, nobody. He's not presidential. It's like, no, there are people outside of your bubble. You yeah. must understand that. Yeah. And Longhorn fans, there are people. That, that, go look at the Aggie recruiting class. Mm-hmm. It was top 15. That's better than Tom Herman's recruiting class last year. I know they're being laughed at, but go look at their 2019 recruiting class. Like, it's, it's, it's already up there. Like, that's, I mean, that's their, their plan is just to stay relevant. They don't yeah. give a damn. And there are some kids out there who like it. Now, every kid may not like it. But there's some kids that are digging it. Yeah, and then whenever we're talking about the bubbles that we live in, and then you talk about these interactions, what happens then, though, is people outside of that bubble start to learn because you are the ones making them relevant. So now Brewster Ball has all these followers and people that didn't even know he exists. Some young kid in recruiting didn't know who's who's this wild brew. Who's this Brewster, man? (laughs) Everybody's talking about him. That's what He's like a a wrestling heel. He's like a villain in a wrestling. Literally, right now, like it's a phenomenon. (laughs) that you hear people talking about that their kids they're like in middle school watching LeVar Ball's kids playing Lithuania on their phones because the dad's so crazy cool, like the fact that yeah you it might not be cool with you but that doesn't mean outside this world it isn't even helping them and it's pretty fi- wild to watch when it happens it is why it is wild to watch I mean I think it's, it's, that's why I said the, the the battle going on the Texas Cold War between Texas and Texas A&M is going to be thrilling to watch and I know people are paranoid like because they believe that their success must be at the expense of the other because there's only been one season in the history of both programs where Texas and Texas A&M have had double-digit winning seasons in the same season. That's a mind-blowing stat. So I understand that paranoia and where it comes from. But the truth is 
We talked about it last week. Like Florida, Texas can support two blue blood football programs. There's only room for one dog, one big dog per state per conference. Thank God now AM's in a different conference. Both of those programs can be supported at their at their apex, at their zenith yep. with Texas talent. There's, there's no question in my for mind. For sure. One hundred percent. Um okay. Let's talk about the guys at the combine real quick. Let's get into the combine and I'll Talk about my combine experience uh, a little bit too when we get into that. But let's talk about the guys at the combine really quickly. Okay, so my I'm most intrigued by it is maybe weird about Longball Dixon. Ah. I don't know where Longball Dixon is going to end up because he could go from anywhere from third to going undrafted. Yeah, I mean he really could. Like a I bo- have, this would be a demand thing, and I would bet if you look at now there might be just one punter like that jumps out the way we had pointed out the Janikowski's as a kicker or the Sauerbrunn yeah. said the one time that Todd Sauerbrunn second round a team that will just take a freak because he's a freak. But I haven't appraised the NFL market to look at the punter market because if there are a lot of punters, you could drop all the way out. But if there's a couple holes needing to be filled, you have some teams taking some risks because that hidden yardage and analytics team. Looks Looking at that type of stuff, God, that's hidden value. That screams Patriots to me. He's a Ray Guy Award winner, so uh, I remember the Baylor punter was it Daniel Sepulveda, yep, two-time Ray Guy Award winner. He went in the fourth round. Leckler went pretty high. Uh, there have only been two kickers in NFL history, punters, excuse me, in NFL history who have left early and been drafted. Um, Clemson's Brady Pinion, um, he was drafted in the fifth round, I believe, and also Chris Gordaki. Drafted in the third round by the Bears. So he could go. I mean, Brian Anger, That's I remember, impressive. was third drafted ever? in the third round. Yeah. Third ever in the NFL draft. That, that, like, punters don't leave early, number one. And then. First of all, punters don't get drafted. I believe yeah. that's only No, been, that's what I'm saying in context. Is yeah. that the most impressive thing that's it ever is. happened in Th- Texas football? There have only been four punters drafted in the last three years. Yeah, that's crazy to think go, leaving yeah. early. So what I heard, there, if a team like the Minnesota Vikings, who have almost everything they need, if they would just take the chance on a team like, you know, I mean, I, I think they actually may have a decent punter, but, you know, you're looking for a team that has pretty much a really good defense. But if you're looking at the worst punting teams in the NFL, it's the Jets, the Bills, the Colts, and the Carolina Panthers, pretty much. I think those are kind of the worst teams if you looked at their overall punting. So they may take a chance on a punter, but I want him to go to a team that's got a really good defense because he would just make them so much better, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, so I don't know where he's going to go. Man, from third to un- getting undrafted, he can go anywhere in there. If somebody wants to roll the dice on my punter. Did you say Jacksonville was on there? Uh, I did not. I just, okay, ooh, I was about to say that would fit. That, I mean, ooh. that's what you want because also it can that. hide your bad quarterback. Yeah. It can hide ooh. your offense but if you're getting that hidden yards on the back end. That's – oh, I didn't think about the Jacks. That would be it, nasty. It, I'm a Texans fun. fan, so I don't, probably don't want to hear that. Uh, but you're right. Long ball dicks and, man, he would help. How, how about this? The, actually, I, I read this stat too. You know the Cleveland Browns? Drafted, this is a random stat, drafted a punter in back-to-back years in the second round in the late 70s. Late 70s. Only the Browns would I do would that. like to interview Only who was in charge of your scouting. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, we really messed up. Let's get a better random one Random research. Back-to-back years, a punter? Come on. Only the Browns would do that. Okay. Um, all right. The other story. Yeah, I bet other, you might crazy. be the only person with that stat. No, I know. I was just I went down a rabbit hole of punting. It's, it, that That's is a sad funny. rabbit hole to go down. All right, let's talk about Connor Williams. He's likely to be the highest drafted player for the Longhorns. And I've seen him anywhere from top ten to thirty second or thirty, you know, thirty-first. Like, like right Malcolm at the Brown, right at the bottom. yeah, right at the bottom of the first round. I've seen him there. And that would be I mean, for a person like him, that could be the ch- 
because that's saying you're going to a top tier team yeah. and he could be that piece. Like I know. if you need like that could be so good for his long term career than the short term money on the front end. There's some people saying about moving him to guard actually. Oh and, wow. Yeah, I've I've actually heard that. Pro football focus had an article about it about moving him to Bill, guard. Because he can move in space and ability yeah. in the modern offenses. I think just, they're they're saying that there are more uh skilled interior rushers in the NFL than there used to be. Oh so now they're, the Aaron yeah, Donalds. So something like that. They're trying to get more athletic guards. Closer to the ball. Who knows? You, I, I figure you, if somebody doesn't work at tackle, you always can move them to guard. Exactly, and yeah. that's what's perfect about him. And then, but one rule that we've always sort of lived by that I'd never thought about till right now that the offensive line doesn't live by. I always say closer to the football, more important. That's how it's it is true. on defense. Point. But you view it differently on the offensive line. That's sort of bizarre. No, no, no. That's a really good point. I agree with that. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think he'll get drafted high because we've talked about there being an offensive line crisis in the league. And even though he doesn't have a ton of film, and he, some people say he regressed last year as opposed to his sophomore year. I still think he'll get drafted in like the top 15 or 20. Pro Football Focus has him as his second. He's the second best tackle um, coming out in the, in the NFL draft behind the, uh, the Notre Dame offensive tackle. And McClay. then that's where it could work out really well for you because, like, that's where the demand aspect. Sometimes it isn't your fault if you fall from 10 to 20. If it's a just random year, random position, some years will follow differently. So, say, one per team makes a mistake and drafts a guy too high a tackle. Now you could end up being that top 10 guy. Yeah. So it just all will come down to what teams need at that point. It's good when you find – that's how I appraise positions. What are you at your position? Because then you get a good context of the where value. you may go when you look at the yeah. way they go. Uh, the uh, yeah, the top tackle at least by Pro Football Focus rankings is Mike McClinchy. The McGlinchy. McGlinchy. All right, McGlinchy. I remember that guy when he Notre came came down here back his sophomore year or whatever. Damn, Dame, don't they have a guard that's back? Quentin Nelson is supposed they, they to be were all on that top t- five that team player? that came down here as freshman and sophomore. Damn. Remember when Texas won with yeah. Charlie and that was the big X wow. factor? Was that D line? Yeah, that, that offensive line. That's unbelievable. Uh, okay, so Connor Williams. I've seen him projected anywhere. Like I said top, first round. I, I, I had. I haven't seen him out of the first round very much unless somebody's just throwing out something crazy. So I expect him to go in the first round. Malik Jefferson is the one I think who can improve his stock the most. I've actually seen him mocked out of the first round in a lot of mock drafts, and I think that's because he hasn't run the 40 yet. If you follow him on Twitter, he's already had a video of him jumping over a 40-inch vertical at <laughs> yeah. linebacker. This guy coming out of high school ran a 4.39 electronic time. That's <laughs> and I don't know where he is at now, but if he can run anywhere in a high four four at a linebacker position, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna skyrocket into the first round with draft stock. Yes, because his athleticism, I mean, it's up there. And for the modern defense, if you got a team looking for the modern fit, it undersized is almost a it's ideal. It's yeah, exactly it's it's ideal what you now. want. So yeah. you look at it that way. Speed, it all come down, and it's a bummer that it comes down to that. But it also is that one selling point that if you can do something faster, better than anybody in the world, that demands there. Boom, you go in the first round. Yeah. Um, I mean, somebody was mentioning, I saw an article about him going to Kansas City now that Derek Johnson uh, has basically they so released awesome. him. Wouldn't that, I, was say, I don't know if the scheme fits it and all that, but he, that would be awesome. If For, that especially with Texas. It was right? like at Texas, he was supposed to be the next DJ guy. And then oh, like man. even see interview when Emmanuel right? Acho was interviewing about the draft and how he always looked up to DJ and being able to train around DJ and then to yeah. go and replace DJ. It was like, damn. I didn't think I'd have to get my idol cut. <laughs> they were opening roster <laughs> stuff for me. There you go. Like, I mean, how crazy would that, that would, be? That'd that be really like Dion cool. getting cut for you. 
two, Rudd. No, like in two thousand three. That's pretty. That's a good point. That's uh, that's pretty rare. Isn't yeah. that what it? I would think be? Jason Seahorn got cut for me, <laughs> the last cool. white cornerback. I am responsible for the last white cornerback yes. being cut in the NFL. It is now a unicorn just because of you. <laughs> um, but I think he could go in the high in the second round. But like I said I think he'll run a good forty. I think he'll interview well. I think he'll work out well. I expect him to go at the bottom of the first round, which means a team like New England could pick up Malik. You All know what I mean? Like, yeah. Maybe Malcolm Brown, Connor Williams, and Dixon. Ooh, yeah. Malik. That's, uh, that's a good point. First like round, that. second round, fifth round. Uh, Mike Mayock said about Malik, I love the way he plays, but he's going to have to be an off-the-ball linebacker in the NFL. Because of that, I think he's had some trouble getting off big bodies. I think he's more of a third or a fourth round guy. And then he That's means, what Mike Mayock said. Yeah. Okay, so off the ball, he just means not as a pass rushing 3-4, yeah. just a normal, all right, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that Dude is what he is. Um, okay, about Deshaun Elliott, since we are talking about Mike Mayock, he said, I've got him as my sixth or seventh best safety in the draft right now. He's a confident zone player, comes downhill, strikes and hits. Don't think he's a great man-to-man matchup guy, but I think he can handle tight ends and running backs. Um I think Deshaun Elliott is still kind of a work in progress about how expansive his skill set is. No doubt he had one of the top ten greatest seasons in DBU history. Pro Football Focus has him ranked as their, I think their fourth best safety. They got him in their top five safeties. I would love for the Dallas Cowboys to go after Deshaun Elliott. They're going to move Byron Jones to, um, you're going to move him to corner. Hell, I'd love to see a team like hell. I love to see the Houston Texans. Go after Deshaun Elliott. I'd like to see the Houston Texans go after Houghton Hill, too. I've, I've said that before. And Houghton Hill is really intriguing because if you look at his film, he's going against some of the best quarterbacks in the country. Mm. He's going up against uh, Sam Darnold. He's going to Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph, some of my first-round quarterbacks. And he actually was the highest-rated defender for pro football focus in those games. He has great film, but, of course, the off-the-field issues will be a concern. Character issues will be a concern. Man, somebody's going to roll the dice on him in the fifth or sixth round. Uh, if he tests well, maybe in the fourth round, I I, I like the Texans to go after him. I really yeah. do. Well, and a guy like yeah. Holton Hill, I just seen him, or even like well, I know Texas has, still has Devontae Davis, but those guys in just with their length and athleticism, they're that ideal piece that you see a lot of players that become stars in the NFL. Not saying that these guys will be, but when you were like, oh, where'd that guy come from? I didn't even know who where he played in college, and it was because that body was the body that they were looking for, and then you refine those skills to where the top end of those type of guys are really high to where. Deshaun Elliott seems more like your finished product safety guy that's going to yep. come in, knock heads, and he loves playing football, and that's exactly what you want at that position, and that's really all you need is somebody that's going to just tear his body up for you. Yeah, and, yeah, he will come down and strike you. That's yeah. what the guy – And then I looked up the fastest uh, linebacker 40 times. Like oh, yeah. last year – 4.47 for Darren Lee was the fastest of all 40 at yeah. the Combine. But I started going through, and, like, I mean, they have some guys like Vic Beasley ran his 4.53. You know, they were talking about, at the time, Von Miller, I guess him being a pass rush linebacker. Yeah. It's different positions. It so a different, yeah. It's a little bit slower. Those are in the lower four fives. But, God, if he could run anything around, like you said, a 4.39, like be a full tenth of a second it, of every single run, linebacker there, that that's insane. If you can run a high four four, it would be. I think oh, yeah. in high it. four four will be the fastest in the combo. It looks yeah. like four four five will be the fastest time for any linebacker. Yeah. Nobody's I, done that in years. Exactly, he's that kind of freak, though. We all know that uh, athletically, um, and that's what's good though about. Not only in game speed, but he's that fast in running the forty speed athletically. Like, yes, he's a like freak. that's he's actually a, a skill freak. that you yeah. need to have and be able to run that well. Even if you uh, maybe on the field you're able to engage in 
just be able to get back as fast as possible and diagnose to where you're no hesitations able to make you faster. That doesn't pick up. Then if you realize that this person has instincts and has that track speed or that 40 times speed, yeah. that's when you can be something that's a freak among freaks. And they look at that uh, that burst for linebackers too, like that quick start. He's got a hell of a burst, you know what I mean, in terms of that short range quickness they talk about. Uh, Chris Warren, I don't, I don't think he'll be drafted. Honestly, I don't. No. So, I, but, but he will if he can be a freak at the combine. I mean, he could sneak into the late rounds, but because he is a freak physically. Is he we going in? That. Do we know what if, if there's any preferred p- position, or is he just going in as an know. athlete? Probably just as point. an athlete. Yeah, I'm not sure actually, because he obviously switched to H back before he left. Texas. And I think yeah. in the NFL, that's what he probably most likely would be, because he never wanted to be a fullback. So then it would just be interesting to see. Yeah, athletically, he he's a freak, and he has a pedigree that's going to help him a little bit. And if he can go, he definitely going to get an undrafted free agent pickup somewhere. Unfortunately, Puna was not um, invited to the NFL Combine. And he might. This, I don't know if this is a oh, backhanded compliment. The, the bet, and he killed at the Senior Bowl, of course. And at the um, that was a, the other bowl, the Shrine Game. I believe yeah, played yeah. both of those. Um, he He's the best player that wasn't invited to the NFL Combine. I think he could only hurt his stock, actually, which sounds crazy. But like it, somehow, because he went, he was a guy not on radars, and then people were like, oh my God, this Puna measures out like this He's and plays freak. like this yeah. and dominates. And then yeah. now, if you were to go put him in context of the best players of your age that are the physical freaks that basically are getting a heads up, they're the privilege here. They've been invited by the guys because they're wanted to be in the group. You might not look as good in context to them as you did at the Senior Bowl and to the Shrine Game. Yeah. So I think that might be some good advice. And then you always get the Texas Pro Day, where the Texas Pro Day type guys always get to showcase your strengths in your comfortable environment, which I remember when we saw Colt McCoy sort of start that trend, it seemed like not throwing at certain things. Like when you see quarterbacks now, it's almost better to never throw oh, anywhere. Oh, Sam Darnold won't at throw home. at the combine. Exactly. Yeah. It's just not smart to. Yeah, you want that controlled environment. Yeah. Uh, all right, before we wrap it up, um, and we'll give you all the results and everything from the combine on the next show, uh, but Garrett Gray, the tight end uh, for the Longhorns, he is leaving the program. Apparently, he's just going into the workforce. Like, he's not even – he's not transferring. He's, playing like football. A- he's, just, he's done. He's just done with football. And uh, that leaves them really short in the tight end room, at least for the spring. Reese Latow, the redshirt freshman, of course, will be available. They moved Max Cummings, the defensive end, to tight end. And Andrew Beck, I'm not sure if he's going to be back. He's coming off of uh, an injury as well. Cade Brewer, late in the season, had that ACL injury. He's going to miss the spring. And Malcolm Epps, the 2018 tight end, won't be coming in until fall practice, I believe. So the tight end position, which is really crucial, it is, uh, you know, kind of the bridge we talked about on the show between the pro and the spread philosophy and the pro spread philosophy for Tom Herman. And maybe Reese Latow can prove to be that five-tool tight end, a guy that can do it all, H-back, block, got good hands, beat a deep threat, good route runner. He's that yeah. unicorn of Longhorn football. We've been waiting Man. for that one for a decade and have had everybody from the Blaine Irbys to where you've had wow. every spectrum. You've had freaks. You've had injuries. Cursed. You've had people over-exceed expectations to become NFL players, yet we cannot have any. So this Latell guy, just getting him on campus was the issue. And once he dealt out with all that stuff, now that he's here, it's like, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be very much of a risk to say he's going to be pretty good. But It's going to be a talented room uh, once everybody's healthy. Yep. But how about this stat? We have not had a tight end, a true tight end, 
uh, for Texas that has had more than 20 receptions since Jermichael. 2007. Yep, Jermichael Finley. Jermichael and Jamal left early. I still sit there and yell, Jermichael and Jamal on the 08 team would have been the best right? of all time. It's a, it's a long way away from the 2005 team where David Thomas led the team in receiving. Yeah, and Jermichael Finley was getting in fist fights with Vince Young. Right. And then Bo Scaife and David John, uh, David Thomas were the two were two of the three top leading receivers in 2014. We come a long way from there. Yes. All right. Uh, we got we, uh, some stuff we didn't get to, but we'll get to it on the next one. Don't worry about it. Uh, I want to thank Matt for doing a great job as always. Thanks to folks uh, here at ARN and the Horn for hooking us up and letting us use the studios. Thanks to Horns twenty four seven. Congrats to Jeff Howe and his family once again. Thank yep. you for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, next week we'll get into it again. Me and my man Matt Butler. This is uh, Longhorn Blitz. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.